Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm still Becky. <laughs> and this is still How to, to Not, not get, get Killed. killed. Hey guys, happy, happy 50, 50 episodes to us. So, okay, so we just went through a whole dilemma and... And you know what? Well, we know this happened with the John Bonet case. But we had no choice at that time. Yeah, y'all probably remember that and like the sound quality, whatever. And like, you can still hear me, but like, it's it's not great. She's screaming through a wind tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we we were fortunate enough to have the time today to just re-record it. So... Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Here's what we need from you guys. Okay. We need more patrons. We need to buy another mic for Haley that doesn't have a switch that we don't have to babysit. And we need, that's what we need. We are, we are doing a call to action here. We love our current patrons, but we need more of you guys. These guys are probably listening. They're like, they want us to give them money because they're fucking idiots. Like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you, you guys know are what? listening to Life a couple of ding dongs. Happens, and we're back. Yeah, I know you, you guys. Don't, you can't really fully understand how much we're back because you're probably never going to hear the other <laughs> recording. But we're it's back. Okay. It's okay. We're better than ever. It's gonna I be fine. Don't know if I promised that we're better than ever, but you know what? Optimism. We're the same as always. <laughs> we're a little bit damaged. Yeah, we at least are officially recording both of our voices. That's what matters yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you yeah. can hear the me loud tier. and clear in your ears. All up in those ear holes. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even remember what we talked about that needed to be covered. We're going to just fucking do it. I don't know if we said anything else at the beginning, really, um, as far as other than that, like we finished a bunch of really dark cases. Yeah. And we're, we're very excited to be doing something like this, which you now <laughs> you, you now know about. A the little case. bit. Yeah. But um, it's it's a paranormal one, but it's not for any of you listening that you're going to like turn this off immediately. It's not scary. No. It's not a scary paranormal one. You can attest no. to that now. I can, I can now attest yeah. to this. It's more it's of fun. a cool. It's, it's fun. fun. It's weird. Yeah. Like mysterious. Yeah. But not scary. Um. And I actually wanted to say this at the beginning and I forgot. So here we go. I got oh, a second here. chance this at life. Oh, here. This is why. You purposely yeah, turned I, it off. <laughs> I discovered this case through listening to the podcast Supernatural. Okay. They had an episode on it. They have like short episodes. They're like 30-minute episodes. Okay. Very well researched. Super cool. It was so cool to me. Like I was listening to it in the car on the way home from somewhere and I was like so affected by it. I like ran into the apartment and I was like, look, like you have to hear about this. This is oh so God. freaking cool. So that's how I found it. I just want to give credit to that. If you like this, um, if this case is interesting to you, go and listen to Supernatural because it is only 30 minutes, but they do a really good um coverage of it. So this is the story of Patience Worth. Who is that, you might ask? We will, you're going to find out. Just be patient, yeah. guys. Okay? Settle the fuck Just down. Just be patient. <laughs> yeah. I also, well, to be fair, I previously had to wait like 35 minutes before you even told me. It's true. It's true. Okay, continue. I'm going to start with okay. a nice little 
um, history of the Ouija board. Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. So uh, the movement of spiritualism, not the just general term spiritualism, but spiritualism with a capital S, is a religious movement that started in Europe and kind of made its way to America in like around 1850 um, and kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. It's the belief that spirits of the dead exist in an afterlife or some sort of spirit world and that they have the means and ability to communicate with us the living okay okay so like i said but it's described as a religious movement i don't know if there's any sort of like hard doctrines or anything mm -hmm. like that that people have to follow it's i don't think it's I don't think it's as, as culty as like regular religions. It's I, probably a cult still. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's, it's more a, like it's a cult. It sounds more like, hey, if you just like believe that like yeah. you can talk to the dead, then you're a spiritualist. Yeah. That's I kind also, of what yeah. I've found out. I'm sure I'm not doing it justice. Yeah. But I also feel like most like I don't know, like religions and cultures have their own belief in how to not necessarily communicate with the dead, but like honor them and like have their spirits live on. So like, yeah, or like where yeah. their spirits go. Yeah. Like they're, that's part of, yeah, most religions yeah. have some sort of like explanation for that. Yes. Spiritualism is just centered more around communicating or attempting to commu yeah. communicate with those spirits. So, okay. Um, the Fox sisters, who were two sisters who lived in upstate New York, kind of were responsible for the rise of spiritualism in in the states because they were very well known and and had gained a reputation for being able to communicate with the dead okay so they would um like ask spirits questions and then they would respond by like tapping on the walls in some sort of like i don't know if it was like do you like me tap once one, for yes one for yes two for no like i don't i, I they they responded with tapping apparently <laughs> um so because of these sisters and like, other press coverages and things like that about spiritualism and experiences related to it the movement took off pretty pretty hard in america and in the later half of the 19th century, so we're kind of looking at like 1850 to 1900, mm -hmm. it, it became very popular. It was very like normalized during this time to like hold seances or try to contact spirits through like automatic writing mm. or what I found out today, table turning. Yes. <laughs> I See, I, I went with like a different route of table turning previously. Right. What was it that you thought it was? Now I can't even remember. You said something about a DJ before. Oh, yeah. Tur yeah. Turning the tables out, you know, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. DJ just. And then we both almost at the same time said, oh, how the, how the turntables. Turn yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's immediately what I thought when I yeah. read it. Um, but apparently it was when apparently everyone placed their hands on the table and then watched it shake and rattle while people <laughs> declared that they were not moving it. Oh, filthy liars. All of them. <laughs> just picturing like eight people like, it's not it's me. Not is me. it you? Everyone's like shaking Cheryl it. Cheryl Ann, is it you? It's not me, Johnny, I swear. <laughs> Who are these people you know that you oh, call these names out? <laughs> I don't know. Possessed. <laughs> Possessed. <laughs> okay, um, you said that. So... Um, it was it was noted in my sort of research that spiritualism in America, at least, the rise of it coincided with a couple of things. So at the time, the average lifespan was less than 50 years old. Right. So there were many women that died in childbirth, men who died in war. The Civil War took place kind of in that time span. Um, children died of diseases, like lots of lots of children yeah. did not 
lived long. Yeah. Well, there um, wasn't like good health care. There was, and there was no health care. No health care. <laughs> yes, exactly. Science didn't exist. <laughs> no, they were trying. But I mean, doctors were fucking digging up graves to try and find and, bodies to like learn what the yeah. like the anatomy of a human body was. Yeah. They were like hiring grave robbers. And to, to relieve like, headaches, they would just give you a nice big lobotomy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. Eventually, it was just like opium for everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was a lot of Here trial and error. A lot. But, but through that, lots of people died. And he, lots of people died. I was about to be like, and here we are. And you're like, they're all dead. They're all dead. (laughs) So, so, uh, basically people have talked about because of this time, there's like lots of like, you know, husbands who lost their wives, wives who lost their husbands, like parents who lost their children. It's not surprising that this spiritualism like wave caught on because it was all about communicating with your dead loved ones. Right. So it became notably yeah an an obsession during a time when it probably was just seen as some sort of coping mechanism yeah in a way yeah um the ouija board was basically invented in, in during this rise in spiritualism um as a means to communicate with the dead that was better and like easier and quicker than what people were doing which right. was like i said automatic writing table shaking i think you need to explain what automatic writing is oh yes for sorry yeah so that would be like if i were to sit here and put a pencil or pen in my hand and then yeah. i would just like give way to my subconscious and 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 wait for a spirit to come a and move my hand to move her hand not and to write messages or draw pictures and it's not me yes, it's not Haley doing it it's the spirit it's someone else so that's automatic <laughs> writing i would imagine it probably didn't work very well no so there's a lot of phonies out there yeah and there was also the the wall knocking so people would would ask questions and then they would be like a b c, c. and then like someone would like knock 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 and it's like okay it was c it was c okay okay, okay next letter a b like and they do that for like an hour yeah. to find out the ghost spelled out like poop dog or something you know and it's like <laughs> i'm a three-year-old yeah. <laughs> so so yeah there was people that were just like there must be an easier way <laughs> yeah there's gotta be something so the kennard novelty company patented the ouija board in 19 or sorry i keep wanting to say 19 because like I, i'm just not used to starting years with 18 no it doesn't um, feel natural no, no. um 1891 after hearing about versions of it circulating in in the states um and gaining popularity sometime in the 1880s so it sounds like there were just people that kind of like someone just i don't know if we know the first person to ever have invented the ouija board but people were probably using various versions of what we now know as a ouija board and someone just decided to like patent that yeah as we know today like if you patent it it's yours like it's your invention like you own you get you get all the money from it (laughs) um The first advertisements for the Ouija, quote, the wonderful talking board (laughs) came onto the scene. A really catchy name, by the way. The wonderful talking board. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I'm picturing like it's like going to lift up off the table and like like, creates lips and it starts talking to you. Kind of like the male in Harry Potter. Yes, that's what I was picturing. I was like, what am I picturing in my head? No, I I got it. Pictured it for you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So um, newspapers would advertise it and you could find it in toy and novelty shops and it was priced like in. toys r us yes which they is, still sell it I now know, i know i know so i'm saying if you need to go get one i'm pretty sure they have like even themed ouija boards oh i think so where it's like paw patrol or like barbie <gasps> stop i don't think so but like i know there is themed ones like you can buy different 
ones it's not just like a spooky looking one and that's oh the yeah one no, no, for get. sure that would just be so funny if there was like a paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> i you know what we should go to toys r us and check we should okay we're going I will do that. I'll, go as, I'll go as far as to look at a Ouija board. I don't want to use it, but I'll go and look uh, at them. No, I already told you I'm making you do it. Uh, I know. We still have to discuss the parameters around how I would agree to that. No, but I'll, I'll sort it out. You're good. We'll don't see. worry. We'll see. <laughs> it was, did I say that well, it was priced at $1.50? Yeah. That was, that's, that's how much that they were was selling it That was probably like a lot of money too back then. That was oh, probably yeah, like expensive. Sure that was like probably like $50. I mean, like then. I can't even, <laughs> that was probably like $3,000. <laughs> I mean, I probably couldn't afford a dollar fifty right now. Well, it's tight, guys. So uh, Charles Kennard uh, pulled a few people in to invest in the Ouija board, and they were the ones that made up the Kennard Novelty Company. Okay. But these men were not spiritualists; they were just like business thrifty businessmen. Yeah, who saw an opportunity. Yeah. And they were like all these people that are talking to ghosts or whatever by like yeah. m- like knocking on the walls and waiting <laughs> for like, them we to gotta capitalize on these motherfuckers <laughs> waiting for the spirit to move them in writing. <laughs> and um, they were like, we'll, you know, we'll patent this and then sell it to them. Yeah. And they did. And they made a boatload of money. Um, yeah. One of the investors, Elijah Bond, his sister-in-law, Helen Peters, was apparently a medium. And this was around the time before it was patented. They were discussing like how what should we name it we Mm -hmm. need to like call it something it needs a name yeah and um, it can't be the wonderful glorious talking board (laughs) (laughs) honestly it's just not super no no um so they were sitting at a table and they were trying to decide on a name and helen who was the median medium see okay the thing (laughs) is median i thought you said median and then i was like no it's one of those words you just heard it wrong and then as soon as i saw your eyes change i was like oh i heard that right yeah no she was a medium um what's a median (laughs) something that i drive over (laughs) i don't guys i'm just joking i'm a very good driver um no kidding (laughs) uh she's horrible how dare you no she's a really good driver I, i don't say that about a lot of people she um <laughs> so helen asked the board what they should name it okay she's like well hey you what should we call hey, you? you bro and the the board the planchette moved around and oh that's what it sorry that is what the piece <laughs> is called i know i mentioned i also that didn't know episode. i didn't know that though the little pointer is called a planchette yeah, i would just call it the pointy thing yeah yeah well lots of people call it a pointer which is like it points so yeah the cursor sense. yeah <laughs> the original cursor the og cursor yeah, I mean yeah. the cursor on your computer does kind of look like a it planchette. Does. Whoa! Holy fuck! Did we just like open the door to another universe? They're everywhere, guys. They're everywhere. I'm all of a sudden seeing the number three all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she asked the Ouija board, "What should we call you?" And it moved around and it spelled out the words Ouija. And she said, "What does that mean?" And the bo- the board responded, "Good luck." Dun, dun, dun. weird i don't know spooky, we'll, spooky. they named it that anyways i think so it's spooky i think it's i think it's a bit eerie yeah like i don't know if it's like a oh it means good luck or if it's like <laughs> good luck good luck idiot <laughs> that's how i hear it <laughs> yeah that's how i heard it too <laughs> jump <laughs> so so that's that's my brief history of the ouija board okay so now we're going to focus on a woman named pearl 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 curran uh, was born Pearl Pollard. Nice, nice yes. alliteration there. Yes. Mouthful. Too many, too many P's, too many L's. Lots of P's, lots of L's. Pearl Pollard. Pearl Pollard. Daughter of George and Mary Pollard. 
Pearl okay. was born in 1883 in Mound City, Illinois. Okay. Pearl's mother, Mary, was always stressed, apparently, that George couldn't seem to provide for the family. Very so, stressful. Yeah. So they moved around a lot because George was just always looking for a higher paying job. Okay. When Pearl was four, her mother, Mary, had a nervous breakdown. Okay. So Pearl was sent to live with her grandmother. Okay. Pearl, um, from a young age, showed an interest in music. And so her family put, sounds like every penny they had, into piano, singing, acting, and elocution lessons. What's what's elocution? Oh, well, now I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's um like teaching someone how to speak clearly and like enunciate, basically. Mm. I'm pretty sure like the first time I had asked that, I said elocution and like didn't say it right at all. I don't remember that. Oh. It's it's fine. It doesn't exist now. I'm going to take those classes, though, because I don't <laughs> pronounce anything right. That's not true. I don't pronounce anything goodly. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no good at speaking. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, um, <laughs> per, on that per, note. I, I hope Pearl was pretty good at speaking after all these fucking lessons, but... <laughs> She she did want to have a role in, like, elevating her family. Yes. She was very aware that they were struggling. Um, and so she she went along with it because I'm sure she's thinking, like, well, if I can become some sort of famous singer or actor yeah, or something, I can then provide. I can help them. Yeah. So, um, but it sounds like the pressure was a bit much for her because at the age of 13, Pearl herself had a nervous breakdown. That's too young to be having a nervous breakdown. I know. That's way too but young. But that's show business, baby. I know. I know. That's showbiz. And, and she, she dropped out of school because of this. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Which is, yeah, that's really sad. She came across spiritualism for the first time while living with her uncle in Chicago. She would play the piano at his storefront spiritualist church. Okay. While people attempted to contact the dead. Fun stuff. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> fun stuff. Fun stuff. <laughs> she always said she didn't like the crowd of people that came around there and yeah. that the whole thing was she just it sounded like she just thought it was all stupid mm -hmm. like she was like this is ridiculous yeah like, i don't like this she's like i don't like those peoples over there what yeah. are they doing <laughs> um even talking as a, of the dead even as like a young kid or a teenager she was like oh, i don't know if i, I don't jive know about with this. that yeah <laughs> it's not for me pearl was she she really did want to become a singer though so for most of her teenage years and early um 20s she worked at a department store to pay for voice lessons at the age of 24, she married 36-year-old John Curran, who was a middle-class widowed immigration official and businessman. Okay. And in 1908, they moved to St. Louis. And by the sounds of it, I think if you if you put yourself in, like, the mindset of Pearl being 24, at a time when, like, being 24 and unmarried was, like, old. Like, yeah. you're an old Like, spinster. you're an old hag. Like, yeah, like, you're going to miss your already. chance. Um, <laughs> she already missed your yeah. chance. <laughs> um, that she, but she wanted to become a singer, so she was probably not married for that long because of her, you know, ambitions. Aspirations. Yeah. yeah, she probably just thought like, well, I can't have kids running around on stage, and I'm trying to sing my goddamn heart out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little difficult. <laughs> little, I mean, I don't know how Beyonce does it, but I don't know, man. She's doing it. She has a enough money to have like eight nannies well so yeah i guess it makes it a little easier Pearl didn't have that kind <laughs> no of um that's but why she, she wanted to be the singer yeah she wanted to be a singer but she probably at the age of 24 was like well if this doesn't happen like i need someone to like provide for me i need yeah. to like marry someone so you know she moved to st louis with him and kind of it sounds like just succumbed to this like 
life of a boring old housewife. Yeah. That's just kind of what it sounds like. Which, okay, if you're someone who's like dreaming of the spotlight and dreaming of singing and having like this crazy career, like in in contrast, being like a stay-at-home wife and mother would not be your ideal situation. Yeah. I'm not saying that being a housewife is inherently boring it's oh, no, not no. it's just some, some people her, lo- like long for that yeah, life and that's, to her it probably felt like her, boring it was probably yeah, yeah exactly that's what i'm trying to point out is like it yeah. would have been for her yeah absolutely so um we like i said ouija boards were all the rage in the states at the time but pearl was not interested in spiritualism so she had never really used one but she became she became close friends with the wife of one of john's friends mm-hmm. emily hutchings and Emily was very interested in in spiritualism. And so um, she kind of shared that interest with Pearl. Okay. Emily was an established writer. Converted her to the cult. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically. <laughs> um, Emily was an established writer whose poetry, stories, and art criticism had appeared in publications like Cosmopolitan, Atlantic Monthly, McClure's, and The Mirror. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So and- est- established. I I also like you had said pro- like previously today like I didn't know Cosmopolitan was that old. No, I no. thought it was like more recent. Yeah, but I knew like that the mirror's been around for a while. Okay, yeah, I hadn't heard about any yeah. of the other ones except for Cosmo. I've heard about the what's the Atlantic <clears throat> what? Atlantic Monthly. Atlantic Monthly. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Ignore yeah, me completely. But 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 yeah. So she had had some extremely published, published. Yeah, works. Yeah. So Pearl's father died in the fall of 1912 okay. and Emily, being a spiritualist, yeah. had suggested that they use a Ouija board to try and contact him. Hmm. And um, I'm sure that, like I said before, Pearl wasn't really, she didn't really believe in some of that stuff, but yeah. it sounds like she just was Did bored yeah. and was like, yeah, that sounds like something to do. Yeah. You know, Which we'll you just... would do with your friends, especially like if, you know, your friend is clearly really into that and mm-hmm. yeah, let's do this. Look yeah. Let's do it. For sure. So they would kind of like what I'm going to do to you. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, So they would get together twice a week while their husbands played cards in the next room. (laughs) I know why we're... (laughs) Cars? Hot Wheels? (laughs) Earlier, Becky thought I said that they were playing with cars. Um, Like Hot Wheels cars. Um, And then I said it reminded me of high school parties and I immediately got embarrassed because I was like, "What? who the fuck goes to high school parties where all the guys are off on a corner playing with their Hot Wheels and the girls are off playing with the Ouija boards? Honestly, it would have been lit. Honestly. (laughs) The next party I have, it's going to be a Cars and Ouija board party. Honestly, my parents just pulled out all our old Hot Wheels the other like a co- like a couple years ago, and they we're in just all the cars, the tracks that we used to build. Oh, I love stuff. the tracks. Yeah, me too. We're doing it. We're doing okay. it. Well, unfortunately, these guys weren't playing with Hot Wheels. They were like playing with cards. Oh, like real adult people. Yeah, <laughs> lame. Who knows? They could have been playing like Go Fish. I mean, like, <laughs> Uno. Um, but Pearl and Emily would be in the other room, um, sitting facing each other, knee to knee, and they would be balancing the board on their knees asking it doesn't seem very well balanced i mean yeah i know it sounds like kind of awkward but i guess that's how they do i'm like you didn't have another table no you didn't just have like a little ottoman or something it's all filled up with the cars and the tracks (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) um so most of the time they said that the the board wouldn't really turn up anything like a lot of the stuff it spelled out was like gibberish or nonsense Mm -hmm. the odd time it would spell out some sort of intelligible word or two but nothing that couldn't have just been like from pearl or emily's subconscious um but so this was fall of 20 or 1912 
Now we fast forward to July 8th of 1913. So they'd been doing this twice a week for okay. like almost a year, like 10 months now. Okay. I didn't realize it was that long. Or like nine months. It said yeah. fall. So it could have been any time. But like, yeah, like over six months, they've okay. been doing this twice a week. And just kind of like, well, it must have been interesting enough that they wanted to keep well, cause, doing yeah, it. Well, because yeah, I was going to say like after a while, I'd be like, okay, we're just getting scribbles. Like, why are we meeting so precisely every every yeah, single week but twice a they week. obviously were having a, a decent time or they yeah. probably just like liked to hang out anyway yeah it so was like a bonding thing they um on the night of july 8th while engaging with the ouija board the planchette started moving in a more rapid and direct manner than they had ever seen before Full fucking steam ahead yeah <laughs> <laughs> it spelled out the sentence many moons ago i lived again i come patience worth my name the world's longest sentence to ever exist. <laughs> well, they hadn't got much more than like a word out of yeah. this Ouija board for almost a year. And now it's spelled out this whole sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd be like, well, okay, who's fucking with us? <laughs> yeah. So they were like, they were obviously very excited by this. Yeah. And because they were so excited, they grabbed a pencil and paper and they wrote, they wrote, they wrote it down, but then they, they wrote down everything they asked the board and everything it responded to them so basically from this point on in the story every single thing that someone asks the ouija board yeah. and uh spirit in the voice of patience worth responds yeah has been transcripted and written down verbatim okay okay there are records of all of it yes so that this is where most of the story comes from so emily being a writer yeah had immediately noticed the way Patience was communicating and, like, the quality of language right. she was using. Because it's very, like, poetic. Mm -hmm. It was very beautiful. It was very poetic. Um, and it, she was speaking in 17th century English. Ooh, fancy. So, so we're looking at, like, 1600s. Medieval times. Yeah. 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 So it would, it would be very, very yeah. different from the way Emily and Pearl would be speaking. I also don't know if you noticed, but anytime I don't know when, like, a time period is, I always just say, oh, yeah, medieval times. And you're always like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you only said that with I this case. No, I've said it in other cases when I'm just like, you're like, oh, yeah, this was from, like, the whatever hundreds. And I'm like, oh, yeah, medieval times. And the one time you were like, no, Becky, this was, oh. like, 100 years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, so medieval <laughs> times. <laughs> I thought you were saying that, like, I would always agree that it's medieval no, times. And I'm no, no. Like, there was like one time that you like agreed, but it was actually like medieval times. I can't remember the case now, but yeah, the but one the, other time. But medieval can be a wide range. That's of, why I say it for yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That isn't like our birth year and up. <laughs> 1993, medieval times. Medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so yeah. So she spoke in 17th century English. She would she would often speak in poems and allegories and stories. She spoke conversationally, but like these also came along with Guys, it. She's a ghost. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, she is. Just keep that in mind. This keep, is a keep ghost. Keep that in mind. This is a ghost. <laughs> in case y'all missed that, <laughs> like she's she's talking better than me. <laughs> Oddly enough, though, Patience spoke only through Pearl. Mm -hmm. Emily was a writer. But this was only occurring when Pearl was present. So, Suspicious. So when you're thinking about like, oh, poems and stories and whatever, like Pearl was not a writer. No. But she was almost, it's almost like Patience adopted Pearl as like her. Like entity. Her dedicated medium. Okay. In a way. So during the first her few host. months. 
Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, during the first few months of communicating with patients, it was just Emily and Pearl, usually, like yeah. kind of like their regular weekly thing. But then eventually they started telling people about these experiences and yeah. what this spirit was saying to them. Because like I said, this was perfectly normal. Yeah. Like if Everyone. I walked up to some random person tomorrow and was like, yo, yesterday I was talking with my Ouija board and, <laughs> and she wrote like 30,000 pages. She wrote a movie. Yeah. Um, and people would be like, you're fucked they'd be um, like okay i'm calling someone right now to help you <laughs> but this was completely normal and they yeah. were probably talking with other people who were also using ouija boards and having um, their own experiences yeah yeah so they were like yo get a load of this this is what's happening at <laughs> check this Pearl's shit. house <laughs> it's fucking bumping over there and naturally um people wanted to like see for themselves well, yeah, if this you was would true yeah, yeah they're like oh like prove it and yeah. they're like come over pixar didn't happen <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> That's it. Yep. So so on many, many evenings, anywhere from a few visitors to large groups of people would be sitting with Pearl, communicating with patients. The Currens would put out a ton of food. I'm in. I know. Me too. I, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, what kind of food? Yeah. I want to know. I need mm. a, like a menu. Yeah. <laughs> um, children would be playing. Men would be sitting, smoking cigars. Like it was a regular run-of-the-mill dinner party except yeah. they were communicating with a spirit <laughs> so just like a regular run of the- yeah so, so i mean maybe but, regular back then yeah. but <laughs> um but numerous people had full conversations with patients through pearl hmm. all of these conversations were recorded in writing like i said every yep. every single one one by one guests would sit with pearl and patients and they would ask patients questions or they would request poems sometimes on specific topics um some would try to get patients to answer historical questions that they were like that people you know that unanswered questions yeah others would try to get her to predict the future which she never she never did um she almost wouldn't even acknowledge some of these questions but on rare occasions she would allude to some things so for example one night a guest asked her who wrote shakespeare's plays right because many people believe that yeah. he didn't write his own plays. Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, like, the division on that. I don't know if it's, like, 50-50 or it's, like, yeah, a small I don't group know. of I've people just that believe heard, like, that. The... I don't know. But I've always heard that it's, like, Shakespeare was the original ghostwriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So someone asked, did Shakespeare write his own plays? Um, which she replied, the word of the skin shoon man, in brackets, the writer wrote, the actor. So skin shoon man means the actor, yeah. I guess. The word of the skin shoon man be his. Implying okay. that the words that the actors are speaking are his. His being Shakespeare's. Okay. So she's implying. Or maybe. That was she saying that the actors wrote it? I don't know if that's one of the theories about Shakespeare, though. I don't know. That I don't think it I'm was. I'm just stirring the pot. Maybe. I'm just here to stir maybe. some shit. But it's like that episode of Friends when Joey's like, oh, yeah, I write most of my own lines. Yeah. <laughs> Gets fired the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to wake up to like a notice for me tomorrow. <laughs> so in 1915, so we're two years on. Okay. Casper S. Yost, um, who is the editor for the St. Louis Globe Democrat, 
and he was uh he uh, apparently he was deeply religious mm-hmm. um it said deeply religious i'm just assuming christian because that was prominent at the time it didn't say exactly <laughs> yeah, what i always find it so funny how like there's levels of like religiousness yeah, yeah, with people yeah. where it's just like they're extremely and then you like punch it and have this like angry face yeah you know? it's like, or oh, they're, like they're religious oh, they're religious and then you're like okay so like, they went to church he like, was once a or twice. deeply religious <laughs> yeah. did you see how deep he my sold voice went? his soul <laughs> <laughs> um so he was the editor for the st louis globe he had been in attendance for some of these sessions and he convinced pearl and john to let him write a book about his experience witnessing the voice of patience worth okay so he wrote a book called patience worth a psychic mystery which was published in 1916 and this is the book that after telling luke or like screaming at him about yeah, this case i was gonna say you you didn't yeah. tell him you screamed he, yeah in he his was like face. Ah, you gotta hear this <laughs> you pretty much um, kicked him <laughs> yeah he went out and bought me this book for christmas what so a good he bought boyfriend casper yost's book yeah, yeah i was like so because it was like brownie points i probably told him this like last summer and he bought it for me for christmas and it was one of those Aww. things where i was like he always jokes about how I'm really good at getting gifts because yeah. when people say things like that, You'll I like write remember I yeah. write them down. Oh, I do the same thing. Yeah, I always do that. Where I'm like, that would make a good <laughs> gift, <laughs> and it's just like what I, I just do that to make it easier for myself. Oh, I swear, yeah. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to like be the best gift giver. It's no. just like when someone's birthday or Christmas comes around, I'm like, oh, I have a list of a couple of things. Yeah, and I don't like wasting money either. So yeah. like that's why I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna yeah. get somebody a gift, I'm gonna check my Haley file and be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is exactly what yeah. she told me. She mentioned on this on July 17th. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he always like, he's like, oh, I'm not good at that. I don't like remember stuff or whatever. That's so he, he was down. like very proud of himself that he remembered I that I talked him about too, this. That is, and that's then a wicked this gift. Book. Yeah, I was stoked. I was so excited. <laughs> so yeah, so this is the book that I'm not basing all of this stuff off of that book because that book is more about like communicating with patients and like the things that she said. Yeah. And her poems and her stories and all that stuff and his account of that. So that is going to be in part two. Oh yeah, did y'all know this was a two-parter? Well, they do now. <laughs> they do now. But I'm gonna imagine we put it in the title. Yeah, yeah. We probably did put it in the title. <laughs> I, the I accent was, you used was yeah. really nice, though. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> oh, did you not know? <laughs> did you not know this is a two-parter? <laughs> Surprise. So, so yeah, that's gonna be more in part two. This part is mostly from which I will link, but uh, an article from Smithsonian Magazine that. It, really detailed account of pearl's life and everything that went on so yes but but i do have that book i read it and we'll be chatting a lot about that in part two okay so newspapers from across the country began reviewing the works that patience was writing through through pearl yeah and like i said everything was being transcripted so it's all like it's all there at the end of like a day or an evening or something they'd be like okay so she wrote like 10 poems and we have like 40 whatever we've got transcripts of conversations she had with this so and so and then she wrote a short story at the end like (laughs) i I don't know man she would just she would just write like she people would be communicating with her and then on the ouija board it would be like it's time to write now and then she would write and john would transcribe it and patient or pearl would move like had the thing yeah i'm saying pearl's moving it (laughs) she's not (laughs) but like (laughs) she's using the ouija board um and yeah so they would they started to like have all these like records and compilations of all these works that patience was writing this ghost is writing books guys she's writing books (laughs) i'm over here trying to get a book deal (laughs) she's the original ghost writer oh fuck (laughs) you know what tm that for when i write a movie a TM, comedy TM, TM. movie 
about patient's worth. It's going to be called the ghost writer. The ghost writer. Nobody fucking steal that. No. I swear to God. This is, this is, this counts as copyright because it's, it's <laughs> it, honestly, I'm not even kidding. This is like time stamped. Like we're putting it out there. Like this is TM. Yeah. Yeah. I'm TMing the fuck out of this. And this is even a joke. Yeah. I'm partially joking, but also it's going to be a really good comedy movie. Uh, I just movie. got really excited. <laughs> we're <laughs> making a movie. We're, we're, we're officially making a movie. It's going to be right. so good. We have to figure out actors tonight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll do like our dream cast. Fuck. <gasps> okay, oh, guys, that's coming. Fuck. That's coming oh, later. That's coming stop. later, guys. Stop. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> I've already got too many ideas. I need to get like, I got to get them out. <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm sweating. So newspapers across the country began reviewing some of the works that that patients had written the there was a quote she had several of them guys she had a lot (laughs) the quote from uh there's a quote from the new york times that states patients worth's messages out of the darkness never sink to the commonplace level but always show high intelligence and sometimes are even tipped with the flame of genius fuck that's a lot of credit to give a ghost i know man I know this like, ghost is making an impression. <laughs> this ghost is making it fucking rain. Yeah. And I'm over here getting called a dingleberry once a day from my friends and family. So, <laughs> um, so in, in 1917, Patience, Patience's first novel was published. First. First novel. Her first novel. Yeah. yeah. I have zero novels under my belt. <laughs> I have like negative one novels under yeah. my belt. <laughs> Luke punches through the door. I've got. <laughs> By the way, he's a writer. I don't know if we've ever talked about this he is, before. He is a writer. Yeah. But just not as established as patients were. No. But... Oh my. <laughs> Nothing. And no, I'm kidding. He'll get there. He'll get, He'll there. get there. One day. Yeah. Maybe in his second life from beyond. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I'll tell him. I'll be like, yo, if it doesn't work out, yeah, this, like, you have a backup. You're, you're fine. Just come back through the Ouija board. It's gonna be way cooler. It's gonna be honestly, it's gonna be so much cooler. Yeah. You know what? We should just that should be his new plan. He should just give up. Let's come back. Just live life. Give it a second go. Yeah. You'll get it later. <laughs> yeah, your time will come, honey. <laughs> so her first book was called The Sorry Tale, and it was a story about one of the men who was crucified next to Jesus. Okay. Um, it was. So it's like a fictional yeah. story, but it's based on the crucifixion of Jesus. But like it's fictional. Yeah, it received really high praise. <laughs> it got a three on Rotten Tomatoes. It blew it out <laughs> of the water. Um, it got the what the Pulitzer Prize or whatever it's called. <laughs> no. um, in 1918, Patience was named one of the nation's outstanding authors mm. by the Joint Committee of Literary Arts of New York. She's a ghost. She's a ghost. She's a ghost. Like they like these are like educated like scholars and like high class people and they're like yo we're gonna name a ghost one yeah. of our outstanding imagine, authors this year. Yeah, imagine just being like someone who like just went to school your entire life for like writing journalism literature all yeah. of it and you're like I just wrote like the most fantastic book and a ghost beats you by like one. Yeah, <laughs> I would be like, I'm it's out. like yo she hasn't even been around for three hundred years and she knows more than you do like. <laughs> Um, in May of that year, so in 1918, her second novel was published. It was called Hope True Blood, and it was a story about a young girl. It sounds like something you'd see on like Netflix now about like I know. vampires yeah. and something. Yeah, I know. Like Hope True Blood. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, she maybe they stole True Blood off of her. Oh fuck. Oh my gosh. Maybe she like originally wrote. I don't think so. It doesn't She's say anything about vampires, but <laughs> it says it's a story about a young girl in Victorian England who's lost her father and she's just trying to find her way. No, oh. I've never seen True doesn't Blood, but I'm good. pretty sure you know that's what? not what it's I'll about. I'll wait for the movie. 
<laughs> we're gonna do that she's, one too no she's the ghost director Ah, uh, yes yeah <laughs> so it was it was written in a 19th century voice very different from the 17th century uh, english voice modernizing that she, she wrote this the, her first novel in yes so pearl later explained that this was patience's attempt to widen her audience <laughs> and make the language in her works more accessible to people in 1918 yeah you got to keep it relatable to the youth that's what you got to do yeah if you want to stay current in pop culture even she the was, ghosts know what's yeah, up. Yeah, she was like, I write, I speak in 17th century English, but now we're in the 20th century and most people aren't going to be able to understand that. I gotta stay hip with so, the kids. If yeah. I'm going to be an everlasting being, I might as well. She was a writer and a businessman. Yeah. yeah. Businesswoman. Businesswoman. Business bitch, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second book received mixed reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good. Wasn't as, good. as successful as her first one. No. Um, Reddit obviously, sucks. <laughs> obviously, many, many people during this time, as exacerbated as you are, like, <laughs> there were so many people, probably writers as well, that were like, let's try and figure this out. Like, let's, what's going on here? This is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think there were a lot of people that were like, we want to yeah. debunk this. Or some people who genuinely were just curious and wanted to know, like, if there was some sort of explanation yeah. for this. There was like philosophers psychiatrists neurologists historians <laughs> editors writers physicians that like all flocked to try and like solve this yeah a lot of them from afar and a lot of them like from like close up coming and visiting into pearl's home yeah. and visiting because they opened their home to everybody yeah so which also like don't do that like just oh they be did a, be a hermit too late don't let people in your house it was a hundred years ago they already did it Ugh. <laughs> okay <laughs> they remember that serial killers didn't exist back then they no. did people just didn't know about no, them they definitely but, didn't you know <laughs> they were more concerned with the paranormal yeah. obviously well, clearly <laughs> <laughs> to no surprise some believed that patience was a product of pearl's subconscious yes that's like the pervading theory yeah. of course that's something that we know now today that ouija boards are usually your subconscious moving or your you're a little jokester ass bitch <laughs> yeah, someone with a magnet underneath yeah. <laughs> um so a lot of people believed that mary austin who was a writer attributed patience to quote an excessive discharge of phosphorus in pearl's brain she can sniff that shit out from a mile away <laughs> isn't phosphorus one of the like elements that does have a very uh like eggy smell maybe i don't know man i don't know i thought it was gonna... she just looked at her and she was like you got that, i can tell it's you got too out of your much ears. phosphorus in <laughs> that gonna, brain i'm gonna of google because it's gonna drive me crazy okay but okay. you keep talking i'm listening i'm listening yeah becky's just tuned out so i'm talking, to, time, I'm talking to you guys now <laughs> other explanations like i don't even know what this means inherited nerve cells mm, i also don't know what that someone's means someone's like help super you. sciencey and knows what the fuck that means i feel like, like here's here it's nerve cells that you inherit thank you wow mystery solved you <laughs> solved the case of patient's work <laughs> um some felt like it could have been some sort of gift passed down from pearl's ancestors which i think is implying more that like more the paranormal side of things that yeah. she was maybe like a medium or a clairvoyant or something patience was it's stinky it's stinky it's, phosphorus is stinky yeah garlicky. so that woman was like one sniff and she's like i know <laughs> i knew it was stinky i it's but it's not the eggy one that's something else that smells eggy it's a totally different element uh what is it it's something with an s people go in hot springs with them 
Sulfur. Sulfur. Yes. Yes. That's it does what I was kind thinking of, of like that a, had the eggy smell. Yeah, a but bit. Phosphorus bit. has a garlicky match like smell, it says. Interesting. So continue. I'm sorry. I, oh, it was going to yeah. drive me nuts. So Patience was apparently uncooperative with psychologists that attempted to <laughs> analyze her. <laughs> um, sneaky freaking ghost. Which is hilarious to me. But um, chairman <laughs> of the philosophy department at Washington University. Uh, Charles Corey was present at several sessions with patients and he wrote a long article in the psychological review in 1919 arguing that Pearl was suffering from multiple personality disorder Mm. but he couldn't explain why Pearl was able to still remain herself while also speaking as patients because he said it's usually you you wouldn't be able to do that only multiple yeah one personality at a time yes so many they many... can they can fight to like come forward yes but but it, it, it wouldn't work like but the the way that people yeah. described and like i said there was many many witnesses to this because like there were so many people that came into yeah. pearl's home and, and watched this that said that she would be like she would have her hands on the planchette and it would be moving around the board john would be transcribing what it was saying and then pearl would be like having a conversation to with someone else next to her about <laughs> something completely different yeah so it's like patience is moving the planchette and like yeah. she's speaking through that. But Pearl can just turn and be like, oh, yeah. Like, so like, how was the weather yesterday? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that is something he couldn't explain because that's, that's what we're saying is impossible. Like, that seems impossible. Yeah. Like, that's just we've never, I think, even to this day, discovered no. a case of multiple personality disorder where someone's been able to do that. Both at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, no, no. So he no. he was like, it's multiple personality disorder, but I can't explain this part of it. So I don't know. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And that's but my- I'm right. This is basically <laughs> how he was. And um, in the same year, 1918, James Harvey Hyslop, who was head of the American Society for Psychical Research okay. from 1905 to 1920 is when he was the okay. head of it. He wrote that the case of patient's worth was a fraud and a delusion. <laughs> And that notoriety and making a fortune were the primary influences acting on the parties concerned. This might have been (laughs) sparked by his anger at John and Pearl rejecting his invitation for them to participate in his research. So he's just butthurt. Yeah. Extremely butthurt. Butthurt. (laughs) Very butthurt and sour and cranky. He was conducting research that basically was trying to prove the capability of spirit communication by cross-referencing mediums communicating with the same spirit. So, like, I'm envisioning, basically, I think what he was doing is, like, if you have, like, four or five different mediums in, yep. like, different rooms. And is there medians in between the mediums? I would imagine. I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, he's instructing them to, like, lock on to a certain spirit. Like, yep. can you communicate with the spirit? Yes. Okay. So all of you are communicating with the same spirit. Yeah. But you're in separate rooms and, like, trying, you're writing trying down to get the same result. what the spirit said. And if you get all the same things and they've never communicated with each other, then that might prove that they were talking to the same spirit. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of the gist of what he was trying to do. And so when he heard about Pearl and Patience and he was like, why don't you guys come and join us and yeah. participate in my research and they were like no we're nah, good it's okay we don't and then he was like you're a fraud <laughs> <laughs> and my butt hurts really bad right now <laughs> so we don't know his opinion <laughs> might be sure. swayed a bit yeah um walter franklin prince took over as head of the american society for psychical research after this guy uh james harvey whatever okay. so and <laughs> whatever this new head of the 
American Society for Psychical Research. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> Just so long. Shorten it. <laughs> Asper. We'll I'm, I'm like, it's not a good acronym. No. Anyways. Walter Prince was actually invited by Pearl to come and spend time with her and patients in St. Louis. I don't know how that happened, mm. but the other guy asked them to participate in research. They were like, nah. He was like, and you guys suck. This new guy. And this new guy. <laughs> we have a VIP ticket. Yeah, Get on in Yeah, she was like, here. come on in. Come over. <laughs> it's for free. <laughs> <laughs> so Walter Prince spent several weeks in St. Louis with the Currens, communicating with patients, reviewing the entire record of patients' existence in St. Louis. And um, he interviewed Pearl's stepdaughter, Pearl's friends, and he sat in long sessions communicating with patients directly. He published his findings in 1927. Okay. So we're quite a ways on because this originally started in 1913. He published his findings in a 500-page book called The Case of Patients' Worth. He couldn't find any explanation for how the, quote, ordinary pearl could have the basic ass bitch <laughs> is the, what he should have just said yeah. the ordinary pearl could have produced the material claimed by patients <laughs> who he claimed had a marvelous imagination gift of poetic expression singular wisdom and spirituality a ghost <laughs> he basically like looked at the person who is pearl and was like your trash <laughs> ordinary yeah you basic <laughs> this woman is extraordinary <laughs> and i can't see her <laughs> this is existential greatness i said that wrong by the way existential i can't that's another one that's, that's fine i'll that's go to okay. my eloquent list class or whatever <laughs> <laughs> that's it right yeah yeah no. oh fuck i was so close it's fine it's okay we're moving on we're moving on <laughs> I'm not butthurt at all, I swear. He um he concluded that some cause operating through but not originating in Mrs. Curran must be acknowledged. Okay. That was his final conclusion. Okay. Many people continued to try to disprove patients, but it but the people who believed this, who witnessed it and and be believed it really believed it. And yeah. so some felt some sort of obligation to try and prove that she was a real person if there yeah. were people that were trying to disprove her, right? Yeah. So Casper Yost, the man who wrote the book that I have, actually traveled to Dorsetshire, England, where <gasps> through her communications, okay. it was like implied that she might have been from. Okay. okay. He tried to track down scenes of a monastery in a village church that she had described I was he, even going to ask, like, okay, is patients worth a real person or? Yeah, well, okay. that's what he he was like. If I can prove that she was a real person, then this will give merit to, like, her being the spirit of someone who actually lived, right? Yeah. okay. We might, we will touch a lot more on that in part two. Okay. But this is what he was trying to find. He returned with some pictures um, from, of, like, 17th century ruins, but he couldn't really tie any real evidence to a real person. And, it, and granted, I mean, he's trying to find someone who lived like apparently 300 years ago. Years so ago. that would be difficult in itself. Yeah. But in he, medieval times. But he traveled like in the early 1900s, he like got on a boat and like traveled to England <laughs> to do this. Like he was track. committed. Yeah. And this is a guy that I, I said I have a hard was... time even driving here, Haley. Like, I mean. <laughs> no, man. This guy <laughs> like, probably took him like a year. <laughs> oh, um, my God. And he was like, he was not a spiritualist. And no. he was, by the end of this, convinced, right? So yeah, that okay. I think that okay. counts for something. But okay. as spiritualism as a trend began to fade away in the 1920s, 
so did the interest in in patience and her writing yeah frankly to be honest well she's got to um, switch it up she's got to switch it up <laughs> she's got to become alive she's got to stay modern <laughs> with the youth and find the new trick um she all through all this communication and like i said we'll get more into like her actual personality in in part two but the persona of her being somewhat of a spinster with <laughs> hard morals and deep religious faith wasn't entirely compatible with the emerging and ever risque like flapper era that oh, was coming yeah. out in the 20s oh, that right was it was all about like loose era. morals and yeah short dresses Everything and flapping cutting about. off my hair and smoking and oh. going out drinking and like just yeah patience yes. was writing about her first novel was about the man who was crucified next to jesus yeah. so the flapper era would have just fucking done her in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so pearl and john had made a bit of money from casper's book he okay. had he had which is like that sounds i was shocked by that because i thought it would be like casper's a writer so i figured he would just take all the proceeds yeah but that must have been part of the deal initially so he they did get some money from it not a lot um and they had used that money to adopt a baby girl in oh, okay. 1916 okay. because Pearl was apparently infertile and yeah. she had always longed for a child. Okay. So when when they got a small sum of money, they were like, that's that's our dream. We want a baby. Okay. So, um, but unfortunately, they had made no money from Patience's novels mm -hmm. and had apparently lost around $4,000 from a magazine that they had tried to start to publish Patience Works in. Okay. $4,000 back then would be around $100,000 today. See, okay, so this is where I'm like, maybe don't put all your eggs in a ghost's basket. Mm -hmm. They'll fall through. They will fall and crack. <laughs> I know. And this, this is, I think this is important because... Yes. There are lots of people that claim that they were frauds and that they were yeah. doing this for fame and for money. But they, they didn't, didn't get make anything. any money yeah. from this. No. They lost a lot of yeah. money. They also said they suffered major losses at the cost of entertaining over 8,000 guests in their home over well, a period of just three to four years. Well, yeah, you even said they would put on like smorgasbord. They would of provide food. all the food. And like this was not a potluck situation. They should have been charging admission at the door. Yeah, and they weren't, right? Because they wanted it to they be like authentic and didn't want real. people to think that they were yeah that they were just like Hoax. tricksters yeah. or like this was a show that they were putting on yeah. right they were like this is real y'all should come see this we'll give you we'll, we'll, we'll set out dinner food. and yeah. like but obviously people didn't return the favor which kind of sucks which is actually kind of like rude i feel like i would be terrible. like hey i brought a casserole yeah if i if <laughs> like, i looked back and like realized that they were struggling it was like yo i spent like 50 nights there over the yeah. last three or four years eating yeah. their food and drinking their alcohol i would have like showed up with like bags of groceries a wagon full of food. <laughs> yeah, wagon me and my bags <laughs> or strong yeah. you know this is the medieval times <laughs> <laughs> um so john curran died in 1922 okay so this is kind of in the middle of a lot of this yeah um at the age of 51 and he left pearl with their adopted daughter and pregnant with their biological daughter oh so she so did end she up being did able end to up getting pregnant oops yeah yeah so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like that's beautiful yes. that like she was able oh, to yeah. conceive finally but now but she's on her own and it's they already struggling adopted another baby that's what i meant like, by well, oops, we just wanted like, this yeah is... they're like we just wanted one and now yeah. we have two. Oh, oops <laughs> <laughs> um and he and he passed away yeah, and he was sucks. their source of like the, he was like back then the, the men were just the income earners yeah, yeah. So she obviously had no way of making a living. She was so desperate that she began traveling around the, the country with a Ouija board, putting on shows and private parties. 
So she did try to monetize this eventually, okay. but she only did it out of desperation. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Which, the only thing she could do to make money. Yeah. Like I said, she wasn't really highly educated. She was like, she studied she's music. She's ordinary. She's ordinary. <laughs> she's basic. <laughs> she studied music, but yeah. I don't think she was like a world-class musician no. or anything that you could make money doing that. So um, there were even some famous people in attendance at some of these parties. So um, Ethel Barrymore was oh. in attendance at a gathering in New York, which is Drew Barrymore's grand or great-grandmother. I can't remember. I can't remember. It's one of her grandparents, obviously. Yeah. Um, Pearl even conducted a private party at Douglas Fairbanks Jr.'s home in Who's Hollywood. That? Who's he was that? a very famous actor okay. back in like the early the medieval times. The medieval times, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I I actually feel bad about the laugh that just came out of me because it was very like <laughs> oh no. Okay, I think I think it was fine. Okay, perfect. I didn't. It didn't it's gonna, shock it's gonna be me at all, but <laughs> nothing shocks me anymore. That's true. It's it's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, in 1926, Pearl married Henry H. Rogers, a physician who was quite a bit older than her, I guess. Does, didn't say how old he was, but um, he was also a widower. They got divorced after a few years and Pearl moved to L.A., where she met Robert Wyman at a party, who was a man Pearl was, I guess, engaged to as a teenager for a short time. Interesting. Yeah. So she ran into him and they they got married. So that this was her third Cute. husband. Yeah. Okay. In um they got married in 1931. Okay. So she's so she stayed in LA with him. Pearl became the center of a group of women who believed that spiritual visions were sources of female power. Okay. Um, which okay. was kind of a bit of a not a common belief, but spiritualism and communicating with the dead and like mediums and clairvoyance and all that stuff. It was very female dominated. Yeah. So there were some people that believed that women were like conduits for this kind of power, this okay. kind of like receiving messages Same with and like stuff like that. Same with witches and stuff. Yeah. And, because yeah. of whatever were more open to it or were more yeah. empathetic or whatever. Whatever. So yeah. they believe they believe Just that. simply better. I, we're just... It's, it's we're history that awesome. says it. Not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> not my words. Just, just speaking them. Yep. <laughs> um, Pearl continued to receive messages and communications from patients until a week before her death on December 3rd, 1937. Mm, okay. Pearl died of pneumonia at the age of 54. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she never gave up the ghost. No. <laughs> I mean, like, really, yeah. if you if you believe this, uh, and if you believe Pearl, she, her and patients had a relationship until she died. Yeah. And as far as whatever this type of thing is patience has never been heard from again like i don't there's nothing that I, it's, it would be so hard to like track but it's not like anyone else has claimed in some sort of notoriety yeah or like i'm like with public way now. oh i've communicated with patients worth through ouija board or something I'm like that i'm sure someone, some people have tried yeah but this is this is where her story ends um hmm. yeah and it's, it's interesting. interesting. Okay. There is a lot to unpack, of course, because that's why there yeah. is a part two. Okay. Because there's so much, like I said, Casper Yost, t there's a lot that he covers in his book about not arguing one way or another. Yeah. He's more so just like, I'm presenting the facts. You can decide for yourself. But he did spend a lot of time with them. Okay. So this is the story of Pearl's life and patience. Yes. Her role in it. Okay. 
in part two, we're going to get into like, who, who was she? Like, what are the things that she said? How did she communicate with people? Yeah. What was her, what's the opinion of her poetry and her writing? Like truly like Casper yeah. was a writer. So he has a lot of opinions about her writings. He's full well admitting like, yeah. I'm maybe not the most like, maybe I'm not the best person to be analyzing poetry because it's not what I write. Yeah. But this is my opinion of this and this is why. Mm-hmm probably better person than me to be analyzing poetry like yeah. i <laughs> trust his yeah his yeah, word more that. than yeah <laughs> more than mine but um yeah so it is it's it's it was super interesting to me to read his book so that's why i, I wanted to include a lot from it yeah and that's why i was like why well, i want to do a separate part just it'll be good that. it's gonna be good i'm so, excited to hear those in the meantime because I'm okay. gonna discuss other theories that people have, that people like now today that have looked back and researched this case and historians that have talked about it have theories about how this could have come about. Yeah. So we talk about Casper's theories and everything in, you know, 1915 when he was like making this, writing this book. Yeah. And then theories that people have come up with in like the 80s and like present day where they're like, well, it could maybe be explained by this so and curious. whatnot. I would love to know in the in the week in between these two parts, do you guys have any guesses? Do you have any like theories? Do you have mm-hmm. any I I will also say this doesn't end in a way where it's like this is it. Oh, it's still like, going to it's still going to be like what a question what mark. anyone believes this is still a mystery. Yeah. No one has really been able to it's definitively to solved, explain like, it. Yeah. But like any true crime case that's not solved, um we all have it's gonna everyone's gonna have a favorite theory yeah yeah so i'm curious to hear what you guys think about it once we discuss that but in the meantime like just based on what you've heard we'd love to hear what you think yeah about this so far yeah tell us yeah tell us your theories maybe you're right Mm -hmm. maybe you're right you're probably wrong but maybe maybe you're you're right figure it out and you guys can just hang on until we write our movie I've already forgotten what it's called. Ghost, oh, the ghost Rider. Rider. <laughs> starring Patience Not Worth. a Ghost Rider. No. Not the one with Nicolas Cage. No, but it will star Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's perfect. We'll talk about our Dreamcast tonight. It's happening. Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, oh that was, cool. Okay, I'm, I'm glad oh, you cool. like it. <laughs> that was such a genuine reaction. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. That was a good 50th episode. The big 5 0. Thanks, man. The big 50 cent. 50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> <laughs> we cracked into it. We're 50. We're crack a lacking. We're, we're a crack a lacking ding dong over here. <laughs> All right. Well, so on that note, sign up, be super cool, and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not kill, get killed. That way we can buy a mic that doesn't <laughs> would help turn off and it's gonna be perfect don't worry it's still on i'm watching okay. and making sure this time continue <laughs> be too late now anyways uh and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed and you can follow us on twitter at h2ngk and you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com and don't forget to keep it fucking sleazy yeah man for our 50th go out and get as sleazy as you possibly can take 50 shots double it (laughs) and then double it (laughs) 100 no save it for our 100th episode (laughs) well then they're just gonna double it we should do we should do century club for our 100th episode we're doing it We're doing it. Keep it sleazy. Peace out.